Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. to McEwen Mining Scott Quarter 2020 Operating and Financial Results Conference Call. Present from the company today are Rob McEwen, Chairman and Chief Owner, Anna Lab Kruger, Chief Financial Officer, Peter Ma, Chief Operating Officer. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, Simply press star, followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. I will now turn the call over to Mr. Rob McEwen, Chief Owner. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome. I'll begin with an update on how we are managing our business in COVID. At the onset of the pandemic, we temporarily suspended all four of our operations out of an abundance of caution in order to prevent the possible spread. At the moment, the Black Box, Gold Bar, and El Gallo are up and operating. In Argentina, government-imposed travel restrictions mean that San Jose is still operating below its capacity. And our Los Azulas project is... um, just emerging from the South American winter and being reactivated. During Q3, our gold bar and black box mines started to turn around and performance improved. Anna and Peter will speak about this in the next few minutes. One thing that has my attention is the large gap in share price performance between McEwen Mining and our peers. Investment capital is in the early stages of moving into the precious metal space. And some companies appear to have considerable upside but are being ignored at the moment. I believe McEwen Mining is one of those companies whose share price has a lot of catching up to do. To address this, we have added key members to senior management in head office and at the mine sites who are focusing on improving operating efficiencies and profit margins. Over the next several quarters, we expect to deliver better operating results along with exploration news that we hope will start to close the price performance gap. I would like to introduce our new Chief Financial Officer, Anna Ladd-Kruger, who joined McEwen Mining a month ago. Anna was previously the Chief Financial Officer and Vice President Corporate Development for Exelon Resources, and before that, she was the Chief Financial Officer of Trevally Mining, where she was part of the team who grew the company from a microcap to a mid-tier base metal producer. Welcome, Anna. Could you provide an overview of our Q3 financial results? Thank you, Bob. And uh, it's uh, a pleasure to be here. Good morning, everyone. The restart and turnaround of our operations progressed well during the third quarter. 
We ended Q3 with $18.8 million in cash and liquid assets and a positive working capital of $21.6 million. Financing activity during the quarter included a private placement of GoFu shares of $10.4 million, which was completed at $1.65 per share, a 21% premium to a prior day share price. These funds are already being deployed to accelerate generative exploration in the Timmins region, and we are already seeing positive results. Revenue from gold and silver sales was $27.4 million, reflecting 14,500 gold equivalent ounces sold from our 100% owned operations at an average realized sold price for the quarter per ounce of 1925 For Q3, we reported a gross loss of 700000 and a net loss of $9.8 million, or $0.02 cents per share, primarily due to $8.5 million spent on exploration and advanced projects that we are required to expense under U.S. GAAP. Each of our operations had positive operating margin during the quarter, and we reported a gap cash growth profit, which is a non-GAAP measure, of $3.9 million for the quarter, compared to a cash growth loss of $4.1 million in the prior quarter. We are continuing to manage our operating margins by reviewing capital expenditures, material contracts, management systems, and procurement synergies between operations. Overall, financial performance is improving at our gold bar and black box mines after a challenging second quarter. We have a very busy fourth quarter already in progress and some exciting growth pipeline milestones are expected to be met. And we look forward to the next results of our exploration drill program. I will now turn the call to Peter. Thank you, Anna, and good morning all. As Anna mentioned, uh, we are in a turnaround process. We have started to overcome our near-term operational challenges and are continuing to grow a stellar pipeline of resources and discoveries sourced organically from our current assets. Production of 30,000 gold equivalent ounces per Q3 is on target for where we plan to be in the ramp-up of operations post the COVID shutdown. Consolidated production guidance for Q4 is a little higher at between 31,500 and 34,000 gold equivalent ounces, while costs are projected to continue to trend lower. At Black Fox, the operation is benefiting from additional development work completed during Q2 that increased mining flexibility. We expect mining from Black Fox to continue into Q1 2021 while we transition to mining the Froom deposit. Underground drilling at Black Fox for definition and delineation purposes around the 240 and 280 meter levels in the central and west part of the Black Fox mine have recently returned impressive grades such as 81.5 grams per ton gold over 4.8 meters, including 218.8 over 1.8 meters, and 19.3 grams of gold per ton over 3 meters, including 71.6 over 0.8 meters. Strong results like these in close proximity 
development and mining can provide opportunities to increase mine planning inventory. We continue to evaluate these opportunities on an ongoing basis. The firm deposit will extend the life of the Black Fox mine by approximately two and a half years. The development of the underground access to the deposit is about halfway complete. We plan to reach Groom in Q2 2021 and expect to achieve commercial production in Q4 2021. Groom offers several benefits compared to Black Fox, such as a straighter, more efficient haulage route and wider, more consistent mineralization that is amenable to low-cost bulk mining methods. We are targeting an average annualized production rate of between 40 to 45,000 gold equivalent ounces per year from firm. In the medium term, we envision and plan to grow annual production from the Fox complex from 100 to 150,000 ounces of gold at a cash cost of $800 an ounce and an all-in sustaining cost of $1,100 an ounce. The objectives envision increasing mine life to over 10 years and the start of production ramp-up in 2022. To support our vision, we have engaged an independent engineering group to complete a preliminary economic assessment for the Fox Complex expansion. It includes the Great Fox, Black Fox, Stock, and Lexam resources. Synergies are expected from utilizing our central milling capacity at Stock, and the PA will study uh, um, potential expand expansions on this mill. The PA results are expected to be available in late Q4 2020 and will support the optimal business case in which to complete a feasibility study in 2021. Operations at Gold Bar continue to wrap up during September and savings from operational improvement initiatives are taking effect. To give you a tangible example, the mining cost per total ton of material moved decreased from $3.42 a ton in Q2 to $2.45 a ton in Q3 for a 28% decrease quarter-on-quarter. We expect operational improvements to continue in future quarters. Evaluation of the Gold Bar Resource Estimate progressed in Q3, results of a recently completed 28-hole drill program designed to upgrade some of the pit deposit mineral resources from the inferred category to indicated appear positive. The PIC resource model updates are underway and expected in Q4. A new reserve estimate and feasibility study update for Goldbar are also expected to be announced towards the end of Q4 this year. In Mexico, an updated feasibility study for the Phoenix project is being finalized and we anticipate releasing results in Q4 this year. On the exploration front, as part of the Fox complex, we are drilling two exciting discoveries we made during the 2018-2019 exploration campaign, namely the Whiskey Jack and Stockwest deposits. Whiskey Jack is an exciting target in the Great Fox area that returned a wide drill intercept of 53 grams per ton over 6.7 meter, meters of estimated true width. Follow-up holes have been completed since starting uh, since starting the current program.
program in September, and eight of those contained visible gold. And as well as some exceptional assay results, including 20 grams per ton over 6.7 meters, 31.2 grams per ton over 2.7 meters, and 12.7 grams per ton over 11.2 meters. All of these results are with an estimated true width. In summary, during Q3, all of our operations returned to generating positive operating margins after the COVID-19 stoppage in the previous quarter. Our operations were focused on ramping up production, increasing efficiencies, capital allocation, and advancing growth plans. The turnaround of our operations is delivering tangible results, which will become more prominent in the following quarter. We have a very busy Q4 underway that includes engineering milestones planned, as well as ongoing exploration results. That concludes our presentation. We'll now open the call to questions. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star one, followed by the number one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. The first question comes from the line of Jake Sikowski of Alliance Global Partners. The line is open. Hey, Robin team. Thanks for taking my questions. Good morning, Jake. Just looking at the Q4 uh, production guide, are you able to, to provide any color on, on the breakdown uh, on a per month basis? Would you like to answer that? Uh, yes. Um, we are uh, estimating about uh, 50% uh, of the production uh, split uh, sort of equally um, between Black Box and, um, and Gold Bar. Uh, the, at Ogayo, uh, we're in the range of, of uh, 2,000 ounces to 3,000. Um, so if you take that off of... Uh, off the total split will come from Black Fox and Gold Bar. At uh, MSC, we've estimated about uh, 15,000 to 15,500 ounces of gold equivalent. Okay, that's that's helpful. Um, and then just at Froome, obviously it looks like development there is on schedule. Um, you see any low-hanging fruit on the exploration side at that deposit to, to potentially extend um, the mine life beyond the two and a half years we're targeting right now? A good question, Jake. Yeah, definitely there's, as uh, you heard us speak before, there's a footwall zone which we haven't drilled off, and we're not quite in a position yet to drill it off from our underground uh, drill cutties, but we will be doing that as we go in. Uh, and then, as well, there was uh, intercepts that were released prior, lower, uh, and to the um, west of the deposit, which which haven't been drilled. So uh, we anticipate trying to lay some of our underground development out to take advantage of those potential opportunities. Okay, and our, it sounds like those are probably 2021 um, initiatives. That's correct. Okay. Um, and then just lastly, on, on broader exploration, I mean, it's a major focus right now, and, and with activity kind of picking up across the sector, I'm just curious if you've seen any upward pressure in, in rates or rig availability in either Canada uh, or, or Nevada. 
Yeah, we have, especially in, in Canada, but our partners fortunately had uh, drill rigs available. Uh, so we, we didn't experience delays uh, ramping up. We have four uh, rigs turning right now um, at the Stock West uh, infill drill program. Um, over in Nevada, uh, we're actually engaged with a, a number of companies who who are also uh, uh, earmarking rigs for us over there in our future programs. So there, it, things are picking up, uh, but we've... Uh, We've been fortunate to attract some good partners there. Okay, that's good to hear. That's all on my end. Thanks again, and uh, looking forward to a busy fourth quarter. Thank you, Jake. Your next question comes from the line of Heiko Eileen of HC Winwright. Mm -hmm. Your line is open. Hey, guys, this is Marcus G calling in on behalf of Heiko. Thanks for taking my questions. Very good. Uh, my first question is whether there's been any COVID-related delays in the development of access to Froome, and then additionally, do you guys have any idea uh, as to a good estimate on how much you'll spend there quarter by quarter until you hit production late next year? Peter, would you care to take that question? Yes. Um, the first question, uh, we did not experience any delays uh, due to COVID. The contractor uh, worked through COVID, um, and so um, things have progressed well uh, in that respect. Um, on the on the costs, um, we're, uh, Anna, maybe you could um, share the breakdown, but we are looking at ways to improve our productivity and lower costs. So there's uh, right in the middle of that budget time, I go to try and uh, look at improved ways to, to reduce costs. Yeah, we don't have to break down um, by cost, you know, by quarter at the moment. Um, like, we're actually just in the middle of going through our, our 2021 um, budget in, in quite a lot of detail, so we're still reviewing that. So if we can come back to you on that, um, when we have some, some more definitive numbers, that's all right. Yeah, no worries. And then... Uh... Lastly, do you have any more clarity on timing in regards to the new resource and reserve estimate and an updated feasibility study for Gold Bar? Should we expect publication, say, right before the holidays or maybe sometime in mid-November? Uh, yeah, so this is Peter here. Um, the uh, results of the Gold Bar uh, reserve, resource reserve and feasibility are all uh, coalescing uh, to be completed towards the end of Q4. We anticipate uh, releasing results uh, in Q4, late Q4, and uh, the report, uh, the NI43-101 report update following uh, shortly after that, January, February is the target. All right, perfect. Uh, that's all for me. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Marcus. Your next question comes from the line of Joseph Rizal of Rock Capital Partners. Your line is open. Hey, Rob and team, thanks for taking the questions, and congrats on the start of a turnaround here. Thank you, Joe. Um, so I guess uh, a lot of things I would have asked about I already touched on, um, but, you know, thinking big picture, um, are there any assets you guys have that you feel are, you know, less important to the future of the company and that you you would be open to selling, um, you know, to shore up the balance sheet, maybe provide some capital for some of the growth initiatives you have over the next couple of years? 
Uh, we have um, entertained some joint venture um, situations um, in Nevada where there are some properties that are um, others can fund. And, and we're also looking at a number of alternatives for surfacing value in our Los Azulas property. And one of those is a possible spin-out into a separate company and uh, adding to Los Azulas, uh, Nevada property that has a large copper showing on it. That's okay. the extent of um, what we're looking at there. Okay. And then, um, you know, ha ha what is the, the corporate plan otherwise to, to fund things like Phoenix or the Black Fox, Fox expansion? We'll be coming up with our feasibility studies, as said, later this quarter. Um, we think some of the projects have very robust economics. So we would hope to uh, look to ways to finance that when we get to that point. Okay, fair enough. And then um, as far as, you know, an outlook to next year, uh, can you give us any initial expectations for, um, you know, what a full year of current operations might look like next year? Sure. Peter, would you like to jump in there? Yeah, sorry, could you repeat that? Uh, I was just uh, looking for kind of like an initial, like rough guide of what next year might look like on a, you know, across the company basis. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> as you heard, Anna, we're right in the middle of that budget time. Um, so we're, we're not in a position at, at this point to guide, but uh, we do anticipate towards the end of the year we'll have the approved 2021 budget and life of mine uh, at that point. Mm -hmm. um, would it be fair to say that taking Q4 and multiplying it by four would be kind of a con very conservative view of next year? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, um, I think, I, you know what, each region is is, uh, is dependent on a number of factors. You know, uh, gold bar, the turnarounds are going well and trend, trending upwards. Um, so we expect results to improve uh, and, and production to continue to improve. We are working through, you know, all those uh, objectives and initiatives of how to do that and what it looks like. So we're still working on on that process but things are positive um, at, at black box we expect production to continue into Q1 and um, um, and we are working to accelerate the firm project and, and looking at ways to improve and accelerate um, development so we can pull forward the commercial production date and uh, in firm so lots lots of positive initiatives there um, the Phoenix, El Gael will remain on residual leaks, so not a lot of change is happening there. The, the anticipation, if we do have a positive economics, as Rob shared, and um, next year, uh, of course, financing dependent would be a build year uh, for Phoenix. So I hope that helps you a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like we, uh, we're going to get a lot of answers by year end. So uh, I'll, I'll turn it over. Thanks, guys.
Yes, thank you. Again, to ask a question, you will need to press star followed by the number one on your telephone. Your next question comes from the line of Mike Kozak of Kentel Fitzgerald. Your line is open. Yeah, uh, morning, Robin team. A um, couple questions for me. Um, first one is, I mean, we're, we're going into November here, uh, and Argentina still has, uh, as I understand it, the province-to-province -province travel restrictions. I mean, do you have any idea how, how long that, that may last uh, still? I mean, by my estimate, it's adding somewhere between $200 and $300 an ounce to your costs there. I mean, are, are you hearing anything down in Argentina on, on when those restrictions might be at least eased? Uh, no, we haven't. Like, um, they're, okay. They're still having issues. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my uh, my second question. The, so the the Froome ramp development you're saying is, is 47% done. Um, what what has the cumulative spend been so far on 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 driving those uh, those declines those ramps? Been about six million dollars on the Froome um, today. Okay. And and uh, and we've just started capitalizing um, that as well, like as of uh, September 10th. So it's been in pro rata, but year to date, it's around six million. Got it. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay. That's it for me. No problem. Thank you. Your next question comes from Bill Powers, private investor. The line is open. Yes. Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, a few questions. I guess we'll start with Black Fox. Um, have the reconciliations between the grades that are coming out of the ground and, and, and grades, or and what you're seeing being actually produced, have they been close? Have they? Where have you? Where do you stand on that? Because I know you've tried to make some improvements there. Peter, would you do that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the question. Um, some some good improvements and trends towards September. Uh, as we reported before, the uh, increased development uh, provided access for our grade control team to get in there to do tighter drilling. Um, we drilled on five-meter centers uh, for proven and 10-meter centers for um, indicated, so cutting uh, previous drilling um, basins in half, uh, more than in half, has helped uh, in September we started getting closer reconciliations um, through July and August. Uh, we were still using the scopes from the uh, older models. You can imagine the transition takes some time in September. So uh, positive uh, improvements there. We're getting closer to our new model, uh, but there's, there's still work to do. Okay, and staying with Black Fox, as far as I know there's been discussions of uh, making some changes so that the mine could be produced after 2021. I guess, could you, I know you haven't put out the, the study as of yet, but could you give us some insights? And it seems as though you seem to be hitting some good good grades exploration-wise there and kind of what your thoughts are as far as how to extend that uh, mine life out you know, past the middle of next year. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. We, we uh, currently are, are working on Q1. Um, and we have extended out some mining into Q1. I, I mentioned that in my uh, summary today. Uh, that's a really positive thing. I, I, I don't. I, I think personally, um, Black Fox. It's early days for Black Fox, and the West Blank discovery that that was made earlier 
Uh, we started mining on that on 280. Uh, that that area extends up in the Froome decline. Uh, we're actively drilling in Q3 out of the Froome decline on that west flank extension. Uh, some of the drilling results you're hearing are in and around uh, old workings uh, and currently active development and scoping areas. So I don't think all of the sort of the ore has been found in the upper part of the mine, and we're, we're learning a lot more uh, as we get more detailed information and better access. Um, the the black box deeps, which is still a very a good target, and the 840 uh, 8 to 810 area is an active mine area. We uh, we have been extending uh, mineralization drilling there. Uh, the stoke that we mined in Q, uh, Q turned out very well. We cable bolted it, and we were able to uh, actually hold. I think for the first time, um, the uh, stoke walls along the A1 fault. So it was a very successful dilution control program. So uh, I'm, I'm very bullish uh, on extending um, black box. And, and, and what we need to do, the strategy is, is to get over to Froome, relieve the pressure uh, from production on black box to allow our mine exploration team to get in there and the time to do the work and drill out ahead and understand the ore body and identify some resource that potentially uh, mineable, we can add back into the mine plan along with Froom. Okay. Um, moving over to stock, I know there was, uh, I think I recently read that there was a plan to dewater the stock mine. Um, and I guess, can you just give us some insight into where you stand in that process or um, as far as that going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Another uh, very exciting project. Uh, we're in the process of amending the permits to, uh, to dewater. Uh, the mine and re-access uh, that, so that's going quite well. Uh, we're also RFT um, and tendering uh, different scenarios of how to get in there and dewater that. Uh, we, we haven't uh, obviously set dates. We're trying to get that information and close, close uh, off a bit on the, on the schedule certainty and permit certainty, uh, but like strategically, tentatively, we are looking to try and target something mid next year to start that dewatering access of the mine. And, and would that take about six months or so, or what's your, or would it be a lot shorter? Uh, a lot shorter. Historically, it was dewatered once before, and one of our employees was was on that project uh, and is is on the project now for the previous dewatering. Um, it, it, it's not really the dewatering, the um, the longer lead item, it's more um, checking all the the guides, the shaft guides, aligning the ground support, making sure it's safe going down. Um, but we're obviously getting quotes on that and timing uh, uh, to to see how it, it you know it all fits together. You know, putting you got to put a, a new head frame, a hoist. There, there's a number of steps. Um, okay, but you know, roughly it, it, in 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 our initial estimates, we're, we're somewhere in the six to nine months range from, from what we, we know now. Okay. Um, just a couple questions left here. Um, as far as Nevada goes, um, I know that you've mentioned uh, that Gold Bar South is in the permitting process. I guess this is kind of a two-part. Um, when do you expect to, uh, I guess, move to, you know, to be fully permitted down there, and then I guess the other one would be when would you expect that to be uh, mining to begin at, at uh, Gold Bar South since I know that's yeah. a priority. 
Yeah, the plan of operations have been submitted. A number of hoops to jump through, as you know. Uh, we're expecting the permit to come in in the last half and start mining in Q4. Okay. Q4 of this year or next year? Uh, next year. Okay. Okay. Um, and then um, as far as moving to Mexico, there seems to be uh, quite a big jump in, in costs in, the most re in, in Q3, I guess, um, compared to, you know, Q2. And, and I guess were these – was this just the way some of the costs were um, – uh, were, were, you know, um, were assigned or is this, you know, capitalizing some costs versus expensing some costs? Could you just get some insight into, uh, I guess, uh, the cash costs seem to, to go up quite a bit vis-a-vis -vis where they were previously? Yeah, there were two main, two main variances. Um, first was COVID and obviously the delays until the government allowed us to, to get back in there. And, and then we experienced some COVID um, at cases at site where we had to isolate employees and then cro we had cross-functionally trained employees and had contractors on standby. So we had um, sort of gaps in resource resourcing our work, if you will, um, responding to COVID and COVID cases. What that then had a knock-on um, effect of the timing of our small-scale mining, which was going to place some fresh uh, heat, uh, fresh ore on the heap and keep our ounce profile up, um, which was the basis of the cost, uh, cost per ounce. So those, those two factors, uh, and then that, that delay in mining, uh, moved us into the rainy season, which is more added, added cost when we had originally planned to do the mining in the dry season. So those factors increased, uh, cost. Um, those so ounces that delayed are carried okay. over in next year okay okay so you would expect to see i mean costs down there they were uh, back to maybe not where they were you know, uh, last year but closer is that kind of where you are on a go forward basis there yeah uh, as mentioned we're still sorting through that in the budget uh, time here uh you know okay. we, we things are you know we've responded to that and mining's progressing and we're stacking uh, you know fresh ore again okay and then finally getting to Argentina, um, the, the production from Argentina was similar to what it was in Q1 of, of this year, um, on a, uh, but the costs were on you know, a completely different scale. And um, I guess is, are, is the partnership funding a lot of, I guess, uh, additional social programs that are that seem to be uh, accounting for these costs, but you know, uh, it just seems to be a very difficult thing to, uh, you know, as far as you know, nothing seems to have changed, you know, from an operation standpoint. But the costs are now drastically higher on a, on a you know, per ounce produced basis. Is there are there one, a lot of one-time items in there, or is this something that uh, is uh, it, you know is going to carry on at, at these at these higher levels? So a lot of those um, costs are um, related to to COVID, and something um, in Argentina um, that is mandated by the government is, uh, you know, whether or not uh, the workers show up for work or able to work, um, they still have to be paid in full. 
also, um, you know, as, as alluded to before about Argentina in general, it, it, it's pretty tough. Um, there's still quite a lot of restrictions, so that impedes um, the people, you know, being able to get to site. Um, but so a, a positive is um, sort of going forward in Q4, um, we have, the MSC has negotiated with the union there that they will um, fund only up to 75% of the wages um, for those that aren't able to go to site and they've also started some you know mechanized mining so we do expect um, you know from from everything we know um, that cost profile to improve on a go forward basis and is there any um, potential for uh, dividends from MSC this year or is that going to be uh, or, or do they need to yeah I, I think 2021? Um, yeah, I think that's probably more likely going to be um, a, a 2021 event, um, you know, to, to, you know, get money out of Argentina, do the exchange, and, you know, it is quite expensive. Uh, we mm-hmm. do um, know that, um, yeah, it'll likely be, you know, to 2021. Okay. And then, okay, thank you. And then just a couple mm-hmm. quick questions for Rob. Um, I know you talk about you know, returning capital to shareholders, you know, and you know potentially paying a dividend and whatnot. Um, I guess, you know, given that your current loan agreement there is a restriction on paying dividends, and uh, I know other companies have now instituted, uh, I guess, or either formally or informally, returning capital to shareholders uh, via buybacks um, and returning a percentage of, you know, ounces of the of an of a ounce produced, say $250 per ounce produced to via share buybacks, given that, you know, you are valued at, uh, you know, just your ounces in the ground at $10 an ounce in Canada on, on an all-in basis. I mean, to me, it seems as though uh, that would be, Pretty accretive. Is there has there been some discussion around doing something along those lines? Bill, you brought up the loan, and and there are provisions against that until the loan's repaid. Okay. The loan uh, matures in two thousand and twenty-three. Okay. So, um, okay. Until we retire that, if we had an early retirement, possibly consider it. But uh, right now, we're not able to, and our has been talking about our our um, earnings from production aren't large enough to do that at the moment and fund our future development. Okay. And then as far as, I guess, as far as, you know, getting out and doing more corporate development, um, I know there's a, you know, a 58 million short position right now, which is, I think, the all-time high for McEwen. Um, I guess it has, and I know, unfortunately, you know, uh, you know the dividends or buybacks are, are kind of off the table. I guess as far as doing, um, you know, trying to get your story out, I guess, have there been any initiatives that you, know, you think are, are new potentially uh, out this year? I know you've, you know, you've, you've paid some of the brokers, you know, via the financing fees. Uh, I guess what are they – what, if you could give us some ideas of the corporate development plans that you have to kind of get the turnaround story out would be um, great to hear. Well, clearly it's uh, returning the sites to profitable operations and just addressing what happened last year, the poor operational results and delivering 
our guide on our guidance uh, is one. Another area we're looking at, and I mentioned, was uh, how do we best surface the value of Los Azulis, and that is a, a possible spin-out combining it with another property that we have another copper project, project and creating a dedicated copper vehicle. Because I don't think Los Azulis is really appreciated or valued in a portfolio. And if you were to look at it, and maybe it's a bit of a reach, but if you put it on a gold equivalent basis, the uh, resource base, if you converted the, the copper and the silver into a gold equivalent, um, you'd be looking at an indicated resource of 19 million ounces gold equivalent and uh, on an inferred an additional 37 million ounce gold equivalent. It's a large deposit and if you look at it that way it's It'd be an interesting vehicle, I think. There are people who would prefer just to have a copper project or a copper company rather than a copper, gold, and silver company. Okay. Okay. No, well, I uh, and uh, no, I appreciate that. And um, uh, I guess, um, are there any? So anyway, are, as far as doing a. Um, is there any plans to do potentially a, a technical update later this year once the um, uh, feasibility studies have come out? Yes. Well, there, there are a number of deliverables that are going to happen this quarter um, okay. for Phoenix, Black Fox, and uh, Gold Bar. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, 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 thank you. I will certainly uh, be paying attention. Thank you, Bill. There are no further questions at this time. Mr. Rob McEwen, I turn the call back over to you. Thank you, operator. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today and uh, continue to have much success in their investments. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.